You're listening to the Bringing Life to Work podcast by Habanero. I'm your host, Brian Edwards. In each of our podcasts, we focus on unlocking the hidden people potential within organizations by creating employee experiences that matter. Many of the organizations we talk to are trying to become more agile. But what kind of leadership does it take to lead an enterprise agile transformation? That's one of the questions Habanero President Stephen Fitzgerald and Erica President and Habanero alumni Peter John McFarlane talk about in today's podcast. Their conversation gets to the heart not only of why leadership of agile initiatives is so important, but also why it's so challenging. We think this conversation will be of interest to leaders in any organization that is looking to start or is in the process of embedding agile behaviors. Hi, and thanks for joining us. I'm here with Erica, founder and Habanero alumni, Peter John McFarlane. Hi, Peter John. Hey, Stephen. It's good to have you here today. Yeah, it's nice to be here. So today we're going to get into a topic that's been super uh, fascinating for, for Peter John and I, and it's something that we're finding is at the core of all transformation work we do at one level, but it's specifically and, and critically important to agile transformations. And we'll get into more about that. But before we do, why don't we start with some introductions? Over to you, Peter John. Yeah, thanks, Stephen. Can you believe that it's been 15 years um, to this month since we started working together? Back then, I was a hardcore technologist, having spent almost five years working in the U.S. in the in the world of the big dot coms and at that ground floor of of the agile movement. And and since then, I've I've had the fortune of being a member uh, of the leadership team here at Habanero and a, and a senior leader at Deloitte in their Canadian technology practice. And all of that really culminating in the founding of Ericur, which focuses solely on what my passion's really been for the past 15 years, which is helping lead, advise, coach organizations with making it easier to get the right work done mm. and well, Yes. you know, through the adoption of the Agile mindset. Yes. You know, and, and in line with what we're going to be talking about today, I, le- I learned how to do this well here at Habanero, improved how to scale it out with large organizations while I was working at Deloitte and and over the last two and a half years since founding Ericur, I've contributed to the refinement of this approach and, and its framework with large and influential organizations um, here in Canada, but also internationally. Thanks, thanks for that, Peter John. I'm Stephen Fitzgerald, and I'm one of the founders of Habanero. I've been, we've been doing this for over 23 years now. And I'm focused as a practitioner on change, cultural change, organizational change. We as an organization are deeply passionate about this idea of helping organizations move into the future of work that in, in, in a place in which people can build fulfilling careers and, and, and uh, bring their best selves to work and, and thus lead great lives. Uh, so this topic of this kind of transformation is really core to, to what I do as a practitioner and, and core to the purpose of Habanero. So we're going to get in talking specifically about what this kind of transformation work means to leaders. But before we do, I thought it would make sense for UPJ to spend a little time defining what we mean about Agile Enterprise. Yeah, thanks, Stephen. When, when I'm coaching an organization through an Agile transformation, I, I typically confirm with their leaders fairly early on to see if they want these three things to be true. That their organizations are really good at setting and accomplishing goals. That they can continuously find better ways to simplify delivering value to their customers and that they are made up of highly motivated individuals doing their work within this like super sustainable environment. 
So no one to date has ever said, no, they don't want that. I don't want that. Um, <laughs> but I, I'm, and I'm pretty confident I know what my next move would be if they did, it would be walking out the door. But those, those are just really great outcomes for sure. But what it really means is that they've learned how to embody as an organization, six principles that they live in their day to day. Now these principles I've adapted from the Agile Manifesto and they are starting number one, prioritize understanding and delivery of customer value. The second one is seeking progress over perfection. Three is being fearlessly and respectfully open. Four is being collaborative and simplify the work. Five is trust individuals and teams to do their job. And six, which is so critical to all of this, treat every moment as a learning opportunity. So, so far, nothing I've mentioned has actually called out technology. And we'll get into some of the drivers that would take organizations down this road. But I do see nowadays the confusion between Agile Enterprise and capital A Agile. That's right. I mean, in, in my experience, most people, when we get into this topic, think we're talking about Agile projects. Exactly. Yeah. So if you've ever heard people say Agile is Scrum, then they'd be talking about capital A Agile. They'd be wrong though, however, um, because Agile is so much more than that. Um, but that sentiment is what has become mainstream anyways. When most people talk about Agile, they're, they're coming from the lens of software development or technology projects, like you said, Stephen. And you'll hear folks talk about scaling techniques like Scrum of Scrums or SAFE or Discipline Agile. Again, coming from the technology projects lens. Uh, you, you may also hear cool words like or phrases like DevOps and continuous integration, or squads, sprints, Kanban, and velocity. You, we, we know that Agile is all about speed, right? And then in the absence of a plan, give me speed. Again, that's wrong, but that's what's commonly understood today. And I, and I could go on on this, and, right. yeah. but that's not the purpose of why we're here. Yeah. Agile Enterprise, on the other hand, is the organizational-wide adoption of an Agile mindset. It, it isn't limited to boundaries of IT or technology projects. Uh, it, can, it can permeate every leader, team, or individual in your organization. Uh, you know, for sure, there's the capitally agile that, that plays in here as well. You know, and I suspect that one of the scaling techniques would be adopted along with DevOps and, and all that glory that comes with that. But instead of it being purely IT focused, agile enterprise is, is the entire organization top down and bottom up that that concept is not intended and, and can't be true with just capital A Agile. So if I, could, if I could summarize for my clarity, we're not talking about Agile as it appears in projects. Correct. A way to make projects more successful. We're talking about uh, adopting the behaviors associated with Agile in an overarching way in all the behaviors that everyone shows up with every hour of every day across the entire organization. Exactly, and that's 100%. Right. Okay, and, and what's interesting is we spend a lot of time working with senior leaders and organizations as they're getting into this journey. And what's been interesting for us is what is it that's motivating the organization to get into the journey? And it's honestly, it's very unique for every organization, but the things that we, we're typically hearing are their industries going through disruption for whatever reasons. We're, we're, we're seeing quite a bit around losing uh, the war for talent. And what's really interesting about that is sometimes they're losing the war from the inside. And, and what I mean by that is they have great talented people that they've managed to keep on their payroll, but they're not able to actually use their talent for whatever reason. They're mm -hmm. not getting the most out of people. 
we're, we're seeing that the world has become too complex for them. Uh, some organizations just feel like they're getting crushed under the complexity, the growing complexity of their own business. We're seeing that organizations have growth imperatives, and that's very common. We're seeing organizations that really struggle to innovate. If they're really honest with themselves, they have not done anything new from a, a market or product point of view or an internal innovation for quite some time. And that's really showing up to make them less relevant in the market, less susceptible to, being, to losing to competition. And finally, one we see a lot, which is fascinating to me, is we, we find a lot of these organizations that have these, uh, you know, they're almost like these, these superhuman bodies with these antibodies. And any uh, helpful virus that gets in that body with, with the desire to create a, a positive change gets crushed by the antibodies within the organization. Mm. They, organizations have this immunity to change. So they have this history of saying, you know, we put a lot of time and energy in the last two years to, to get out of this groove and start doing work this way. You know, and as soon as we, we step back just a touch, we slip right back into that groove again. So this is actually quite common in these organizations that have a repeated history of trying to, trying to change, trying to evolve, but never actually ended up being any different. So for me personally, my perspective on this, what we're Habanero is seeing is industry is changing from the perspective of the type of problems most organizations are being faced with now are moving from what, what's called, the, in the Kinefin framework anyways, what's called complicated problems into complex problems. Mm -hmm. And it's not just that a complex problem is a really gnarly, complicated problem. They're different problem frames, so they need to be a, a, approached in a different way. And I really love this Denise Caron quote. She says, we are moving from a world of problems, which demands speed, analysis, and an elimination of uncertainty to solve. So that's the way things have done, been done thus far. So we're moving to a world of dilemmas, which demand patience, sense-making, and an engagement of uncertainty. Mm -hmm. And so this is act the, what's underlying all these motivations to change. And organizations have not been successful because they've not been able to embrace the uncertainty. They've not been able to shift their culture and build techniques and capabilities to move into that world, uh, experiment, learn, adapt, and solve problems in an emergent way. They're in fact still trying to solve them in a way that involves a bunch of smart people getting in a room, planning it out, then trying to implement the plan, which is why they're they're ending up the same after every iteration of trying to transform. Yeah, I remember this. This is a uh, it's so valid. I I was sitting down with a client a few years ago, and we were talking about in, embarking on an agile transformation work, and I, I used the word transformation, and 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 he said to me, "Oh no, we can't." We can't call it that. Like, let's call it a journey or something. And I'm like, well, a journey is true, but you know, we really want to fundamentally change the way people think and behave. And he goes, but we've done so many transformations. You know, we've implemented all these new ERPs and new org structures and all this kind of stuff like that. And ultimately, it's it's when we it's, when we attach the word transformation to something, it means something in our organization. And and what it really means is that nothing really has changed. And so, so let's call it a journey instead. Um, I'm like, well, you know, like that's basically at the crux of, of what we're talking about here is, you know, really the first part of, of Denise's quote is, is, is this is the only way that they know how to go and address something. That's right. What yes. then when they really need to do is focus on the, on the second half. Yeah, we have run into organizations where you're not allowed to use the T word uh, because it's associated with so many failed attempts to change and pain and discomfort in the organization for no no real benefit. And that's surely a symptom of, of the world we're talking about where organizations really struggle to become different. 
Yeah, and that and that 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 great stat that lots of folks know about about seventy percent of transformations fail. It's unfortunately used as a great stat, but what it really needs to be is a is a wake up call for folks that are really trying to change something. That hey, seventy percent of transformations fail, so maybe we need to try to do it differently. Right. Yes. So so this topic is really about the organization, uh, and we're here to talk about leaders. And I love this quote, I'll read it. I've never been more excited about what we'll be able to create and terrified about my ability to do this. Mm -hmm. And I feel this captures in a lovely way the duality of emotion that a lot of the leaders that you and I, Peter John, have the privilege to work with. These, these people are in the hot seat of this change. They see the potential of Agile, they can taste it. They've seen it in other organizations and they've seen it appear in small ways in their organization. So they, they know the power of it yet they are terrified that they don't have the tools or the capability and the know-how to step into actually uh, creating that change, leading that change in the organization. Yeah, and it's I've seen it. I had conversations recently about this where a leader is coming to me and, and, they, and they have this look of almost despair. You know, it's terror probably is in their eyes. Because typically, I mean, leaders are trying to, trying to move the, this dial. They've, they've had a lot of success by... Maybe not necessarily being the smartest person in the room, but they have the confidence and the and the commitment and and work ethic to to lead, you know, and drive that kind of. This is I know where we need to go. Follow me, um, or work with me. Uh, and now all of a sudden, they're, you know, when we're when we're working together for a while, they 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 finally come to this place where uh, where they're at this place of the least amount of clarity. That to me as a coach is super exciting because I'm like, now they're ready <laughs> for them. They're terrified and I get it, but that's, but that's the place that we need to get to with as when working with leaders so that then we can focus on learning our way to this, the, the path to what success is. It isn't something that we can write down and follow. It's right. something that we need to learn right. our way through. Right. And, and getting into it is more about experiencing the discomfort and uncertainty and, and fear of having to own something big in this, as big as this, rather, in the organization. Exactly. And, yeah. and this is what this talk today is really about. It's about talking to the people in that position and helping them really acknowledge that they don't actually know how the future is going to go. They don't know the plan. They can't build confidence through that certainty of knowing exactly how it's going to go. And that is actually the power of Agile. And this idea that to move your organization to become agile, you also have to become agile in the process, and you have to do that before the organization moves. You're here. So let's get, let's get going into this. So I wanted to start with actually just talking about the, the team that you're in as a leader, the leadership team, your, your number one team in the organization. I, I think what we find talking to people that right now, you and your team, you're, there's varying ideas in the organization about what agile is and what it means, and, and that this has created this ever-widening expectation gap of what it's meant to do and, and how it's meant to do it. But in the future, your role will be to lead the, the shift of your leadership team uh, to help align your beliefs about what Agile is. And, and these beliefs aren't some generic idea of the definition of what Agile is, but it's how Agile will manifest itself in your organization. And though that aligned belief system is going to start to create aligned behaviors of your leadership team uh, that are aligning around the Agile principles. And right now, I'm sure there's people in your team that believe that there's an opportunity to do some organizational design, change some roles, maybe remove some people, add some other people, and do a bit of a flip from your old world to the current world, and then all of a sudden you're agile. 
uh, but you're going to actually allow your team to grow and mature and understand and appreciate that the agile journey is a learning journey and it's incremental and it will grow slowly and surely over time, but it's not one act in the organization. Right now, your board and the rest of your organization is probably clamoring for certainty, and, and they're looking for details about how Agile will roll out, and they're looking for certainty in other aspects of the organization, as they always have, too. Leading the Agile journey through your organization, the future you'll get to is building an appreciation for your board, for your leadership team, and the rest of the organization that the whole focus of Agile is getting you into attacking the right problems. It's not about identifying problems, just smashing them with predictability. Working hard and being successful solving the wrong problems does not get you ahead. And what Agile will do is it'll allow your organization to embrace enough of the uncertainty so you're always attacking the right problem, getting the right stuff done. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that really, this is really about you then as a leader learning how to demonstrate living the principles of an Agile enterprise. Not just with the words that you say, but how you think and, and, and how you behave. So where you are now are, is probably most likely wanting to have a clear path forward, like Stephen, like you mentioned. But in the future, being confident that you will learn the path by doing the work, which is, which is still that big, that big gap between certainty and uncertainty right That's now. Right. Yeah. You know, you'll, you'll also know, um, maybe thinking that transformation work can be delegated, you know, that, that you don't have to change um, as the leader. But in the future, you'll realize that as a leader, it's your job to model that way, that ultimately you're the linchpin for the organization succeeding uh, with this journey, and it's, it stops with you. I mean, you're used to the buck stops here. Well, It's a very common experience in my mind, um, and we've come up with this observation that the most dangerous person that's going to slow down the agile transformation is the senior person who figures they're already agile. Exactly. Because they're the ones with the fixed mindset who seem less willing or open to change. And they're like the motorist who thinks every other driver is terrible when they, in fact, are terrible. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and that, and that really uh, leads into, you know, you're probably also thinking that becoming agile, um, like Stephen mentioned, you know, first starts with redefining roles or accountabilities, processes, procedures. But really, in the future, you will evolve the, the focus of the work to be changing mindsets and behaviors. And roles and processes will emerge from that. Um, that's in a way that actually reinforces the agile mindset. Mm -hmm. It's difficult to create new roles when the mindset hasn't been put in place. They'll just continue to work the same way that they always have. That's right. So this idea of mindset is so central to this whole movement. Mm -hmm. and, and it really makes me think about the role of the individual leader. So you as the leader, uh, right now, things like this would certainly feel risky. Okay, so what you're saying is we're stepping into something. We don't know how it's going to go. We don't know who it's going to impact. We don't know the timeline or the cost or, holy crap, that sounds really uncertain and it's, that's fear-inducing. But in the future, what you'll learn, you'll build confidence that the Agile approach will yield the best results. Mm -hmm. And you'll, you'll actually start to question things that feel very certain because it might be an indication that you haven't spent enough time understanding the problem. So now in your organization, failure is a very negative thing. It's negative for you and your career. It's negative for your team. It doesn't help anyone else in the organization. And everyone sort of looks negatively on failure. Uh, but in the future, you're going to let go of perfection. You're going to learn to embrace progress over perfection. Uh, and you're going to learn the value of being on a learning journey. And you're going to 
be suspicious of perfection or, or the aspiration for it when you know that's really never achievable. And then now uncertainty, I'm sure, freaks you out. We, we talked a lot about uncertainty this whole conversation. But in the future, you'll learn to love to dive into the heart of uncertainty. And that's actually where a lot of your job satisfaction is going to come from, frankly. Mm -hmm. And now you've always led through building confidence. You know what you do. And as a leader, it feels really good to stand up in front of people in, a, in front of a thorny, gnarly problem and say, I know the way through this. I've been here before and carry the flag and lead people through that problem. But in the future, you're going to learn, number one, that because business is changing so fast, the patterns and wisdom we've learned in the past, they don't necessarily apply to the future as they have 10 or 15 years ago. So our future is changing and our problem solving mode has to change as well. But also you're going to build confidence with being vulnerable. You're going to actually, as a leader, be able to stand in front of your people and say, I don't know. I don't know how to do this. And that's actually going to fill you with confidence rather than fear. And so that, that's the, what we see happening in the heart and the mind of the individual leader. It makes me think, Peter John, you and I experienced this together. This is something that you set up that was really cool. Um, and if we're talking about this transformation of the leader and ha having them take on more vulnerability, how do you scale that out in the organization? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so a few years ago, I was coaching a team and really looking at a different way of working, adopting this agile mindset within a much larger organization, engineering-centric, very hierarchical, tons of layers. And they had gone through and, and were fully present in the learning journey and got some amazing value out of that. But now we needed to share it. Typically in, in these types of projects, you would have a status report and you, and you throw it all out there. Because of the cross-functional nature of it, we were talking over half a dozen very senior leaders in this organization that we would need to uh, share this information with. So I proposed that we, that we take a departure from how we would traditionally roll this out and instead do it in a way that allows the, the, their senior leaders to develop an empathy towards what it really means to take their organization through this type of change. And, and by learning um, and developing empathy for that, it would then help them set up the larger, the, the larger scale out that, that they would eventually need to do. So introduce the fishbowl activity. We had four people sit in, sit in, a, sit in a circle um, with over 30 people standing around outside of them. Uh, I set it up where I said, the people in the middle will be giving you a, uh, will be telling you what they've learned and what their fears and hopes and desires are for. Peter John, was that? Was that a specific agile ritual they were doing, or was it custom built? This conversation. Yeah. For? So this was. This isn't about agile. This is about more living the agile mindset. So it's not a ceremony that we would be following. It actually leans more into organizational action research and 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 other things I've done with my masters, and um, and it's a great way of being able to bring people along on a journey if they haven't been there with you. So. Uh, set the stage, allowed, asked folks that if they wanted to be able to understand more about what was being said and, and, and to become, that they would actually need to become part of the conversation. So there was this empty chair. Um, of, of these five chairs, four were filled. And so if you wanted to be able to learn more, you'd need to get up, get from where you were and, and go into the middle and, and become part of the conversation. And I, I, I was in the room, and just to kind of set the tone, setting this up, you have these small group of people sitting in a large room 
and then this other group of people around them wearing much more expensive suits who, <laughs> and this is quite a hierarchical organization. See, these people were layers and layers and layers more senior uh, in terms of the organization. And at the beginning of the room, you could you just could smell the sweat in the room. Like it was, it was a quite... It was quite an environment at the beginning. Yeah, it was. And and the team wanted to do all this prep. And I'm like, we're going to have two conversations. And then you guys are going to go and you're going to tell your story. And what? And so they started. And what was amazing was one of the senior leaders, he made eye contact with me. And I, I just gave a little head, head wake. And next thing you know, he moved and he went and sat down into the middle and asked some amazing questions and became part of the conversation by being super vulnerable. As soon as he got up and left, then all of a sudden it was this, my job became more about managing the line, the queue of people that wanted to be able to get in there and, and ask their questions and, and learn more from the experiences of the story. So this hour-long conversation was one, in, one of the most meaningful conversations that I ever had. And it's changed the mindsets of these senior leaders and helped them be, gain a better understanding about what it really would need to take in order to be able to roll out this way of working. Uh, into the large organization. And what I love about that is the normal way of meeting like that would have gone is that team would have spent weeks and weeks preparing. They would have gone into a room, presented, and everyone in the room's job would be to poke holes in the argument. Uh, so it'd be a low psychological safety environment, and the senior people would have learned nothing about their own behaviors. But with this with this fishbowl that you, you built, uh, and we've got this feedback after the fact, people left the room, these senior people left the room, with a much deeper understanding, first, first of all, empathy about empathy for the people trying to do things in an agile way, but most importantly for them, they learned about what their instincts and behaviors were and how that got in the way. Mm -hmm. And what a real that was the an amazing lesson. So it was this kind of clear lesson about how they had to start showing up differently if they really wanted to change. And they, there's, there's great intent there, mm -hmm. but it's that, that kind of real practicing this new skill you have to be vulnerable and be open and, and, and uh, allow for uncertainty. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So here we are. We've kind of outlined a few key areas to, that we've found to be very important. And you as the leader, the opportunity for you is to step into the middle of this in your organization. You're the focal point to develop this groundswell of change uh, this pull for change in the organization. Uh, so if you can align your leadership team, if you can adopt an agile mindset and, and be inspiring and mo model that, if you can step into uncertainty with confidence and actually show up as a new kind of leader, drawing confidence from, from that vulnerability, and if you can use that confidence and that momentum to scale your change out into the organization, you'll get there. Mm -hmm. But we, our experience with this is if you struggle in any one of those four areas, it's going to be a really difficult journey for you. Mm -hmm. and, and from us, like, I mean, for me at a personal level, what, what I get really excited about with this, and I know Peter, John, we share this, but uh, our experience is when, when you work with leaders in this area and they start to get good at distributing decision-making, they start to get really good at crushing goals and making meaningful progress, real progress in the organization, uh, and they start to be more innovative, more effective, more creative, it has a huge impact on them as individuals. This agile transformation isn't just about getting faster products to clients or some, some output like that. This is an opportunity for leaders to really lead different career lives. And to me, that's super exciting. Yeah, it's, I've said this thing many times. I repeat myself a lot when I work with clients and they get used to it to the point that before I even start to say things, all of a sudden they're like, oh, he's going to say this thing right now. And one of these things that I repeat myself a lot is about reducing the noise in the system. 
The easier it is for us to get this work done, the, the more that we basically adopt these agile principles and this agile mindset, the less noise we have. We spend so much time in our organizations trying to get agreement on getting to doing the work that we're not doing the work. Yeah. Once we get past, once we start adopting these, this agile mindset and principles, we have all of a sudden this, this plethora of time that's available to us. We're not fighting over how to get to the job. We're doing the job and it's creating more time and space for us to be focusing on other things that we can't even possibly imagine what they are right now. So the, the, the bounds are limitless as soon as, we, as soon as we get to that place. Well, I think that's a wonderful place to leave it. This has been super fun, Peter John. Thanks for, thanks for doing this with Tons me. Tons of fun for me too. It's yeah. great to be here. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Thank you, everybody. Cheers. We hope you've enjoyed this Bringing Life to Work podcast and that it helps spark a discussion in your company. We believe every organization can be exceptional, but only with an intentional focus on the employee experience. See you again soon.